From the lava pit of a long dormant volcano rise two unexpected heroes, Lumpy Bagpipes Jr. and Tipsy Sasquatch. Lumpy met Sasquatch one day, and likewise I'm sure, now they sit and talk about things that no one cares about, the Lumpy and Sasquatch show. Sasquatch and Lumpy, the Lumpy and Sasquatch Show. Welcome to the Lava Pit, podcast listeners. This may be the first podcast you're hearing from us. It might be our very first podcast that we've released to the world. But rest assured, we've done 2,373, and we're very professional at this. (laughs) We really know what we're doing. Yeah, I can't wait till our two thousand seven hundred thirty nine ninth. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be great. Well, you know what today's topic is? I don't. What is it? Ketchup. I love ketchup. I love ketchup too. Now, you know, ketchup is sort of a regional thing, and we talked in one of our other podcasts, which may be released after this, <laughs> about about how Lumpy and Sad Sasquatch chords in Chicago. Right. Well, one of the unique things about Chicago is the Chicago dog. Have you had a Chicago dog, Lumpy? Yes. His name was Alphonse, and I put little sweaters on him in the winter when I took him for walks, and he was part Great Dane, part Chihuahua. No, 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 no. no. You, you've misunderstood. A Chicago dog is a hot dog, Lumpy. Oh, I've had one of those, too. Now, on the Chicago dog, they've got pretty much every condiment... That you can imagine. It's got mustard and relish and, and many pickles, even. I think those are sport peppers, but I know what you mean. And pickles. They're pickles, too. Oh, pickles and Pickle sport spears peppers. and uh, celery salt and um, onion. Did you say onion? And uh, tomatoes. I always order mine without tomatoes. So, one of the unique things about it is that they put pretty much everything you can imagine onto these hot dogs. And call them the Chicago dogs. But what they don't put on them. What they don't put on them is the most popular condiment in all of the world, ketchup. They do not. Why do you think that is? Because of the ketchup wars of Chicago in 1903. See, it was very bizarre because I am of Sasquatch origin, but you know that Sasquatches generally come from the eastern woodlands. And I spent a lot of time in a place called Pittsburgh. Right, you were wa- you were raised by a human family. We can establish that. I, I so. suppose that's safe to say. Yeah, I was discovered in the in the woods surrounding Pittsburgh. Right. And I was raised by human parents, and I was exposed to an awful lot of ketchup. You see, because Heinz, have you heard of Heinz Lumpy? Yes, I have a friend named Brian Heinz. <laughs> He's married to Beth Hines. No, you see, Hines, in this case, is the H.J. Hines Company. Do you know about that? Hines Ketchup is from Pittsburgh. That's where their factory is, and they make all 57 varieties, which we may talk about in a little bit, and they make ketchup. And in Pittsburgh, people put ketchup on everything. Waffles? They put ketchup on pierogies. Yeah. They put ketchup on steak. Yeah. They put ketchup on eggs. I've seen that. They put ketchup on macaroni and cheese. I've done that. It's cuckoo bird. If you grow up in Pittsburgh, 
You love ketchup, and you want to put ketchup on everything, especially the hot dog. Right. The number one vehicle for shoveling ketchup into one's mouth. Yeah. So why the hate for ketchup in Chicago? I don't know. Did you look it up? No. Oh, well, I do know that if you order ketchup on your hot dog in Chicago, which I've actually never done, I'm proud to say, you will get horrible looks. And people will be like, oh, kids like that. Like, well, yeah, it, it's it's a really a big deal. It's like saying you like New York pizza better than Chicago style pizza. It's it's like a Chicago thing. And if you don't like it that way, there's something wrong with you. Well, we'll have to come back to that Chicago pizza thing because I want to know more about Lumpy's pizza choices. But in the meantime, let's talk a little bit about ketchup. Now, ketchup, as you may know, is the most popular condiment in America. It is in... Let, let's have you guess this. If you were to guess what percentage of homes that a bottle of ketchup is found in, in America, what would you guess? 83. That is not high enough. 93. No, it's actually 97% of homes have ketchup. And here's the weird thing about ketchup. It is one of the few packaged foods in general, let alone a condiment... That does not use any preservatives. Did you know that? Yes, but I, I, I have a I have a tidbit about that. Okay, yes. It doesn't use preservatives, but it used to, and it used to make people quite sick because of all the preservatives they used in it. This is in the 1860s, and people would get sick from all the preservatives. And here's a nice little tidbit. They used coal tar to give <laughs> it its red color. And then at that time, everyone was like, ketchup makes you sick. But it was just for a brief period when they realized, hey, maybe we shouldn't put coal tar in people's food. So what is coal tar? I mean, is it different from tar coal? I mean, what what exactly is it? It's this? tar that runs off from coal, I guess. And I guess it's red to give ketchup its red color. I don't know how black that coal crazy. would... crazy. Why don't yeah. we use lava? I mean, we're lumpy and Sasquatch. We and we are in a lava pit. pit. That seems at least... Like a more practical use than... Uh, than coal tar. Coal but tar. they don't do that at all anymore. Mm. So. Well, yes. Ketchup is only made from ripe tomatoes in the summertime. Mm -hmm. And Heinz is, is by far the largest, and not just the largest, the oldest public ketchup company in the country. F&G Heinz Company was beginning its sale of ketchup in 1876. What do you think was going on in the world in 1876 where they needed some ketchup? The... I can't think of the word, but if it's, it's not the bicentennial. It's the centennial. The centennial. So they probably sold a lot of American hot dogs. Exactly. And as I said, hot dogs are clearly the the best and most convenient vehicle for ketchup yes. into one's mouth. Now, the main ingredients in ketchup over the years have changed. There's been all kinds of stuff in ketchup. Like tomatoes. Well, Yes, tomatoes. And vinegar. That's true. That's very common today, Lumpy. But in the past... Lumpy fur? They used anchovies in ketchup. Wow. Walnuts. Sure. Mushrooms. Makes sense. And even kidney beans. Made from real kidneys. Ew. From an echidna. Yes. How fascinating. I wonder how it transitioned from all those things... To just tomatoes and vinegar and that's a good salt. question and you know because of the vinegar now you can use ketchup for all kinds of stuff you can use it to uh you know clean your pots and pans and remove tarnish because of the high acid content in it 
That's right. Now, Sasquatch has a bit of a problem with this because he has acid indigestion, <laughs> sometimes called GERD. It's, it's not just GERD for Sasquatch. It's GERD. Right. And so you have to be careful about ketchup ingestion, but I can't help it. I'm from a Sasquatch from Pittsburgh. Right, and you love ketchup. Yeah, so, I mean, the common person will eat three bottles of ketchup per year on their own. I eat three bottles of ketchup in a month. And I think I probably eat it in a month, too, actually. I, I If I get a patty melt, I have I like a, need a whole bottle of ketchup for that thing. How do you feel about the little packages of ketchup? I hate them. I mean, they're just they're just frustrating after a while. When you eat as much ketchup as I do, it's you got to open like thirty of those things. So you got thirty packets of ketchup open, and then you know those things always leak on everything you're wearing. Mm-hmm. I have that problem constantly. Okay. Yeah, I, I just get little blood spot, red spots all over my pants. And Interesting. Pe- yeah. I, I was going to also say that there is some nutritional value to ketchup. I know some well, people. Sure, it's, it's well, vegetable. Yeah, it's a vegetable. But it's actually better than just eating a tomato. Oh, that reminds me. I want to go back to something you said before. Did you know there are good years and bad years for ketchup, just like wine? Yeah, it a, all depends on the tomato harvest. It's like a fine wine. It's like, excuse me, Wendy's person, may I have the 1997 ketchup? <laughs> oh, yes, an excellent year. May I smell the cat? Yes. Oh, yes. Is this the Arby's <laughs> brand ketchup? I heard they had a great... Harvest. Harvest back in Lot <laughs> 7. Well, you know, it's very important to eat lots of ketchup, as we know. <laughs> Eating four tablespoons of ketchup is the same nutritional value as an entire medium-sized tomato. Wow. So, let's do an experiment. Let's eat four tablespoons of ketchup and see if we feel stronger. You know... That ties into another thing that I know about ketchup, and that is that Dr. John Cook Bennett, in 1834, thought of ketchup as a miracle cure, and well, it yeah. cleared it cured everything, even cholera. And, <laughs> and as part of his campaign, he published recipes for tomato-based ketchup, and he also created ketchup pills. You know. I'm wondering if if people can get a ketchup addiction. I think I have one. (laughs) Like, you can get addictions from various foods and from drugs, and they're selling this as a medicinal cure, of course. And I just told you it has nutritional value. Right. So people could eat lots of ketchup and get get hooked on this stuff, right? Right. It's like, uh, you know, should I have my cocaine or my ketchup? So what if, like, you had a hot dog and they didn't put ketchup on it? Would you still be able to eat it? I don't know. I mean, okay, there's one other substitute for ketchup, and not a lot of people know this. It's called cheese. Mounds and mounds of liquid golden cheese. That's acceptable because cheese, as anybody in the Midwest knows, is an acceptable substitute for any food or condiment. Yeah, yeah, I I need to know, though. I've been to Wendy's with you many times. Hi, Wendy's counter lady that says we're your... Favorite customers, you don't get condiments on your cheeseburger, your double Wendy's cheeseburger. Here's the thing, and this goes back to my initial point. Do you even like ketchup? I love ketchup, but this is the key. I only love Heinz ketchup. I am a ketchup snob. 
In fact, I might have a problem. I'll <laughs> go into crazy. another place and they have ketchup. And I'll get like a little dab of ketchup maybe that's not because I just need something, you know, for to dip my fry or something. But uh, it tastes different. Can you tell the difference? I can tell the difference. And you know what part of it is? I don't know if it's because it tastes different or because it's gone bad. I hate cold ketchup. I hate it when I've got hot fries and I have to dip them in cold ketchup so I like it when the ketchup has been out on the table all day. But sometimes when you leave stuff out like that, especially ketchup, it goes bad and it starts to taste funny. Well, you've just talked about a, a true catch-22. It really is. Do, do you want the ketchup that's been sitting out on the table all day that makes you happy because it's not weird cold ketchup that's Definitely. Like congealed in the fridge? Right. Uh, we'll come back to that in a minute. Or you get the potentially sour or turned ketchup. Yuck. Not good. Not no, good. No. So that is a conundrum. So here's the thing. When your ketchup's been in the fridge and it's all congealed and you got to pour it, it doesn't pour very well. Oh, no, it's very slow, but that's one of the things ketchup is known for. Well, and that's what I was about to say. Do you know how to make the ketchup come out of the bottle faster? I usually use a knife. See, that is what we call uh, a backwoods way of handling the situation. Good, because I'm from the backwoods. Me too. <laughs> but... In Pittsburgh, what we do is a thing called tap the 57. You find the 57 on the Heinz 57 ketchup bottle, and you take your your, your palm, you know, right there at the base of your palm, and you tap it. Like the, you hear the sound? Hear that? That's the sound it makes right on the edge of the bottle, and out comes the ketchup. And people think it's magic, but it's not magic. It's like some kind of weird science. It's probably Heinz one of those things that they put the bottle together specifically for that reason. That's kooky. Speaking of Heinz, Heinz is known for its 57 varieties. Right. Do you know how they came up with that? It was uh, 1857, and there had just been a dinosaur attack in Philadelphia. And that's how the Liberty Bell got its crack, because the dinosaur attacked the Liberty Bell. And the only way they could get the dinosaur away from the Liberty Bell was to tempt him with a tomato, anchovy, uh, mushroom, kidney bean paste. Am I anywhere close? That's plausible. There have been lots of theories throughout the years. One said that they actually had, at one point, 57 different varieties of condiments. Mm. That's not true. I think it's the ingredients. One theory is that there are 57 different ingredients in ketchup. That's also not true. Mm. One said that it just happened to be Mr. Hines's wife's favorite number. Mm -hmm. That seems plausible to me. But I'm told from secret sources within the Heinz factory that actually it was just a made-up number to help them sell stuff. Uh, that sounds, it's just a that marketing ploy. Right. Just the people in the marketing department said, hey, slap 57 varieties on there and, and it'll become a thing and people will know you for that and we'll sell more ketchup. And it worked. Isn't that kooky? Well, you <laughs> Did it work, though? Oh, well, or I people would have like been... Would oh. they have bought just as much if it was just Heinz ketchup instead of Heinz 57 ketchup? That's that's a good point. Like, what do you think? We could market some Lumpy and Sasquatch stuff and throw some numbers on there and maybe, It's you know. Lumpy and Sasquatch, 43. I don't even know what it is, but people buy it. 43 <laughs> ingredients. Don't know what that is. Well, do you have any other thoughts about ketchup before we uh, we take a short uh, break? Well, let's see. I know that I, I don't know much about ketchup in pop culture, but I remember very vividly for some reason in the movie Meet Me in St. Louis, where 
the mother, who I believe is played by Mary Astor, or it might have been the maid, Marjorie Maine, is making ketchup on the stove because, you know, you used to have to make your own ketchup. That's crazy. Um, And I don't know why I remember it so vividly, but I think because I watched it and it was like the first time I kind of realized... Oh, yeah, I guess I guess you would have had if you want to catch up, you would have had to make your own. All I really remember about that movie, <laughs> other than uh, you know the, the famous song. songs, is the fact that the, the the younger daughter had like creepy doll syndrome. Like she had these weird creepy <laughs> dolls, and she'd like bury them beneath the tree in their yard and stuff. And I just found that to be a delightful, but also really creepy. I kind of remember that. I've yeah. only seen it once. Yeah. And all I remember is there was ketchup in it. Definitely ketchup. <laughs> and a trolley. <laughs> and a trolley. You know, a, a friend of mine, I have several friends that have uh, fish. And they always name their fish after foods. And the first one was in college. And they named they named their goldfish Drunken Bet. <laughs> and that lasted for a while. And Drunken Bet died. Ooh. And, and then they just came up with, it was something like, you know, Long Night in College or something. But my friend these days has had their child name their fish, and this fish is named Ketchup. Right. And I thought, what a great name for a fish. And he's red. He is red. Like Ketchup. A. So if if I'm a kid and I'm looking at a red fish, I'm thinking, what do I name this fish? Do I name it Fishy Fish Face? Do I name it Swimmy? Do I name it, like, Fighty Fish? Or do I name it something that I can relate to? And what is more relatable to a child who eats nothing... But pancakes. No, no. Kids eat hot dogs. Waffles. No. Kids eat hot dogs and chicken nuggets. And what do they put on those chicken nuggets and hot dogs? Pancakes. Ketchup. And there you have it. I see. Wow. Well, let's listen to this play that's about ketchup. And now, from the Lava Pit Playhouse, the Lumpy and Sasquatch Troubadours present... Waiting for ketchup. Where is she? Just eat your burger. I need ketchup. The waitress has clearly forgotten about you. We got our food 20 minutes ago. She's not coming back. I asked for a bottle of ketchup 20 minutes ago. I ate my burger. Just eat your burger. I need ketchup. What if there is no ketchup? What if ketchup is just a figment of our imaginations, a shared delusion? I've had ketchup before. Have you? On fries, on cheeseburgers, on lots of stuff. I've had ketchup. It exists. I'm doubtful. That's ridiculous. I believe in mustard. It's right here on the table. Salt, pepper, Tabasco. I see them all before me. They are real. They definitely are. I don't see ketchup. And your food is getting cold. Let's assume that ketchup doesn't exist and that it will never arrive. Eat your burger without your hypothetical condiments so we can get out of here. That makes a lot of sense. It does. It's silly to let my food get cold. It is. You're right. It's ridiculous to wait for ketchup that may never come. Then eat so we can get out of here. Now I want mayonnaise. Okay, so those are our thoughts about ketchup. 
So thank you all so much for listening, all three of you. Remember to like us on Facebook at Lumpy Sasquatch and follow us on Twitter at Lumpy Sasquatch. So we always have a final question for our guests every podcast episode. And then we don't have a guest, so Sasquatch is going to ask me a question. Okay, Lumpy, here we go. So, Lumpy and Sasquatch attend a dinner party at the castle of the renowned Lord Storfenberger, mm-hmm. an international sausage magnate. Yes. Lord Storfenberger has prepared an exquisite meal of exotic sausages paired with his very own line of ketchups from oh. his fancy Storfenberger ketchup sauce line. Okay. Now, Lumpy and Sasquatch are avowed ketchup snobs. Right. And they only eat Heinz ketchup from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. What do our heroes do? Forgo the fancy ketchups and risk offending a powerful encased meats connection? Or dive in and risk the dissolution of their very souls? Now, where where does he live? He lives in Bavaria. Okay. So... We live in Chicago, so storming out, we wouldn't really have anywhere to go. That's true. Um, we might be stranded. So, so if it was like if it was in Berwyn and we were like, no, thank you, we could leave and just go home. But if we're in Bavaria and we say, no, thank you, take your stinky ketchup and go, we'd pretty much be arrested by the Bavarian police. So I think we would have to eat the ketchup but knowing us, we would also probably have some ketchup in our pockets. That's what I and was we thinking. And we would, like, mix it with his ketchup. And if he has a bunch of different ketchups, you know, maybe we only need to try each of them a little bit until we find one that is tolerable. That's true. We could put our qualms aside in order to taste test little teeny bits of his probably not as good ketchups. Right. In order to have his exquisite encased meats and not to be thrown out on our bums in the middle of Bavaria. And, and we could also say, oh, you know, we, we're afraid that this wonderful ketchup is going to interfere with the wonderful taste of the meat. That's true. And he would understand that. He would get that. Yeah. All right. Well, good job, Lumpy. Thank you. Thank you, Sasquatch. So that was our episode. Tune in again. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. And bye-bye. Bye now. The Lumpy and Sasquatch theme was written by Bob Garrix. Our introduction was recorded by Kimberly Logan. Lumpy and Sasquatch's artwork was designed by Jake Friend. Sasquatch and Lumpy, the Lumpy and Sasquatch show.